Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. Your attention is directed to Mining Your P's and Q's, a show that studies the sensitive and sometimes treacherous subject of business etiquette. I'm your host, Tim Muma. The topic for this particular show doesn't necessarily pertain to the purest form of etiquette. However, it does play a role in how we behave in our work environment and the varying effects that it may have. We are talking about the idea of power in the workplace and the different types of power that do exist and what it means for everyone involved. Joining us from Florida today to tackle this subject is Charlene Lauby, president of ITM Group Inc., as well as the author of the blog HR Bartender, where workplace issues such as these are discussed. Charlene, thanks for coming in today. Well, thanks for having me. Basically, I gave just a brief rundown of what you do, uh, what you're involved with, but if you could describe a little bit your experiences in the world of employment and what you are currently doing as well. Sure. Um, I'm a former HR pro who has turned consultant. I've been consulting now for about 10 years, and um, my company focuses primarily in the training and development space. We work with managers and leaders to help them engage and retain their teams. Great. And, you know, I think obviously this all plays a role with what you've done, what you've seen. So when we're talking about power, somewhat of an interesting concept, really, how do you define it, especially in terms of the workplace? You know, I'm a firm believer that everyone has power. And I think that that's one of the most challenging concepts for um, discussion. I I think often when we think about power, we think about the C-suite, you know, only people who have, you know, big titles and fancy offices have Mm. power. But really, Everyone has a certain kind of power and they have the ability to use that positively in order to get things done for themselves and for their organizations. I think it's such an important part there that does really involve everyone, that everyone has some sort of power that they can use or uh, in some way manipulate in a certain way. What is it about power that makes it maybe desirable or something that people do look to have or at least acknowledge that they do have and use it to their advantage. What What is it that makes it so, again, desirable in a lot of ways? You know, you hit on a key point when in asking the question. It's people acknowledging that they have it. You know, so often we want to say, oh, me, I don't have any power. You know, that's kind of the big joke. Um, we don't want to acknowledge that we have it. And from a working perspective, you can actually do a little bit of damage to your own credibility if you have power and you don't acknowledge that you really have it or that you can really use it in an appropriate or responsible way. Hmm. You know, often we think of the proverbial power trip and so we want to say power is bad and we don't have it. Um, But the reality is, you know, we do and we should use it for good. You know, I guess that whole Peter Parker, you know, (laughs) (laughs) type thing. And that's a good point because I've had a couple other people on talking about leadership and and the idea of effective leadership versus good. You know, so I think that all does kind of factor in and, and this idea of power. So I did want to get into specifics about these types of power that um, I believe on your site you had listed and a little bit described and just looking to elaborate a little bit on those things. And the first one, it seems like the best place to start is the idea of legitimate power. So what is that exactly and how does that look in the, the workplace setting? Legitimate power is the power that's given to you um, based upon your job description. So if your job description says you have the power to do X, I'll use an example. Um, when I was in corporate America as a director of human resources, often if an employee needed a manual check cut, you know, um, there's a process. Mm -hmm. And the only person who could really authorize that process was me 
as a given to me based upon my position. That's not to mean that I'm the only person who probably could have made that call, but my job title said, you get to do that. And that's legitimate power. So is this really the the basic idea where people think of in a work environment, right? When you have these titles and you have a process, like you said, or a hierarchy, this is pretty much the typical way people would generally associate power in the workplace, wouldn't you say? Yeah. um, You know, that's probably one of the first ways that we get power is, you know, we get power based upon our position within the organization. You know, we can sign something or approve something um, and it's only uh, afforded to people who have a particular job title or a particular level within the organization. So with something like this, are there times where even though they have that title, people might ignore that power, so to speak, or devalue it in some way? I'd like to think that it comes along with the position and that people respect that it comes along with the position. So from that standpoint, there are consequences to ignoring power that's associated with position. You know, for Mm -hmm. example, if you have the power to sign something or approve something and I bypass that, then I'm really being disrespectful. You know, I need to respect the power that comes along with position. Another aspect or a a form of power essentially is the idea that when people have an acclaimed skill or certain accomplishments that, you know, maybe they hang their hat on, so to speak. What type of power is that exactly? Because obviously it does carry some weight in, in the workplace. I call it expert power. And it's the idea that you've become the go-to authority for something. And, you know, we have a tendency when we think of expert to, you know, possibly think of you have to achieve a certain level of education Mm -hmm. or, you know, you have to have a, you know, you have to be a PhD in order to have expert power. But that's not always the case. You could be very schooled. Let's say, for example, you know more about Excel than anybody in your company. And all of a sudden, I need to do a pivot table. And I've never done it before. You're the guru. You're the expert. I'm going to come to you. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think people probably recognize that that you you go to those certain people, like you said, in those those situations. How does that factor into power. I, I think of power a lot of times in, in being able to use that for, for something and, and yeah, for the, the greater good, so to speak, you're helping out a, a coworker as a bee. But I mean, is there a certain situation where that can be be used, so to speak, in that, you know, getting something out of it? I mean, because a lot of times people think of power and being able to influence that sort of thing. How does that relate with the expert power? Sure. Think about it in terms of if you're the super user of a computer program and now all of a sudden the company is thinking about um, upgrading a computer system or making a change. If you're the super user, you're the resident expert on the existing system, you might be invited to the table in order to talk about how the company could best utilize that system, the new system, or take advantage of it or something like that. So you have a tremendous opportunity when companies are making decisions, if you're considered to be the resident expert in something, to be a part of that committee or that team who recommends changes. That's a good example. I like that. A third type of power that you've discussed that I've seen also, obviously, is uh, it's labeled as informational power. Mm-hmm. What type of information gives people the power in this situation? There's always somebody in every company who's in the know, 
we all know this. We all know that when you're you hear this rumbling in the organization, it could be good or bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, you, but you know that there's somebody I need to go talk to them because my guess is they know what's going on. Right. It might be because of their position and they're willing to share it with you. It just might be for whatever reason they just seem to know. So from that standpoint, I think information power is important. But one of the things that I'm finding is now, especially with the access to technology, I think that there's another level to information power, and that is being able to find information. Okay. You know, if you, from a skill set, you have the ability to find information exactly at the moment that you need it. Right. I call it the ability to curate You know, there's so many things out there, you know, on blogs and and news sites and, you know, just out on the Internet that when you're if you have the ability to find that snippet, the exact right snippet that you need when you need it. um, I think there's a tremendous amount of power in that. Sure. Now, do you think there are industries where this type of power is more or less prevalent or does it I mean, can it be really utilized in any industry? I think it can be utilized in any industry. Um, I can see, for example, it being very valuable if you were in a sales capacity or a customer service capacity where you had clients that you wanted to stay on top of, you know, Mm -hmm. your clients being in the news, that could be important to you. I guess in a little bit of way at this information power, you talked about, um, you know, people in the know, and I think it relates to this other idea of power that is basically connections, connections to people within the organization. You know, we talk about connections a lot of time in getting a job, but even within, you know, a workplace environment, uh, in your career, connections are important. So in what ways is is this type of power used, whether it be positive or negative, having that connection to, um, you know, the higher up, so to speak, or maybe just people that have different types of power? I always like to tell a story whenever people ask me about connection power. <laughs> I used to, and it, it has to do with job search. Mm-hmm. But at one point in my career, I was a corporate recruiter, and candidates would come into the um, building that we were recruiting in, and they would check in with a reception area in order to get a badge to come back and you know be interviewed. Right. If candidates were snippy or snarky with the reception area, I definitely heard about it. Hmm. The reception area knew that they had a connection with me because they were checking in all of these candidates. They were calling me to tell me that they were there and felt like if they were not treated with a level of respect when a candidate came in, then they would pass that information along to me as a recruiter to say, hey, look, what you saw might not be what we saw. Right, right. And so there's a tremendous amount of power in your relationships with other people, both in terms of, as you mentioned, job search, but in terms of information, in terms of relationship building, you know, at the point that maybe you need a favor or, you know, maybe you need something. Um, But that whole networking idea really comes to life when it comes to connection power. That definitely relates to, I mean, different things I've experienced and talked about as well. When I was teaching for a little while, I was always told by you know mentors and stuff that the, the people you really need to pay attention to and, and be good friends with, so to speak, are the office people because, as you said, they see all these things happen. 
you know, right in the forefront. Maybe the the person coming in isn't as guarded at that time. They're just kind of acting as they are. And you're kind of ex- explaining that same thing. So the idea that connection isn't just connection to the CEO of a company, but any type of connections really can affect somebody in their in their workplace. You know, I once worked for someone that his administrative assistant, you know, if, if I were rounding the corner, she would look at me and just the look on her face told me whether or not I wanted to walk into his office right. or not. So, you know, there's there's a connection there, you know, if you, can, if you can build that relationship. Yeah, that can be extremely valuable, especially in a, a spot like that, as you bring up. The idea of coercive power is, is another one that's somewhat interesting, especially when you think about the work setting and your coworkers and managers, that sort of thing. When we're talking about coercive power, how, how do you describe that and how does that apply to someone's job or career? Coercive power is you have the ability to punish. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's connected with sometimes legitimate power. You know, if, if someone is your boss, then, you know, they can say, hey, I'm the boss. You need to do X. Right. But there's also a, I think, a positive side to coercive power. You know, we think of coercive power from a negative perspective and the power trip, you know, people who abuse the ability to punish. But I also label coercive power as that forcefulness that sometimes needs to take place. Maybe if you have a crisis or an emergency where we're not going to sit down and try to build consensus at this moment in time, Mm. somebody's going to step up and be in charge and be the definitive voice of what's happening. Yeah, I think it's important that you you bring that up because it, it you hear that word coercive and people think of the punishment aspect. So I think that does make a lot of sense that it is necessary in a lot of cases. So overall, when you're talking about this type of power, I mean, do you see it as a good long-term strategy or is it more effective really just in, in short bursts, so to speak? That's interesting. I'd like to think that it's you're, you're, you're leaning towards that short-term burst because mm-hmm. when you have the ability, um, you know, it's interesting. I was doing a training session yesterday and in talking with people, I said, you know, when I have the ability to make decisions where I can bring people in and I can solicit their feedback, they really appreciate that. But there are moments in time where I don't have that ability. And I think people are a little forgiving for it um, when they know that you're inclusive any other time of the, the year. So if you every once in a while have to take a very forceful tone, I think people can be a little bit more forgiving than if you do it every single time. Right. Kind of on the other side of the ledger then in terms of power is is power based on perceived rewards. And you know, a lot of people again would think, oh, well, yeah, my boss can promote me or, or give me a raise or a bonus of some sort. But I mean, there are a lot of other ways that really this can be utilized or seen in terms of power. So what are we talking about when we talk about power based on rewards? Sometimes this could have to do with your manager and maybe sometimes not, but power in terms of getting to go to a conference or a trip power in terms of being able to participate in in maybe a task force or a training act project or something like that. So there are tremendous ways that your power can transcend. Um, I always like to think about it in terms of if you have a relationship with someone in sales. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I used to work with salespeople who, you know, I was always guaranteed the latest little marketing tchotchke or, (laughs) or something like that. You know, so the power of rewards from that standpoint. Um, it was interesting. I used to work in hotels, and um, sometimes if if you were friends with the food and beverage director, you know, cookies would show up in your office. Ah, you know? nice. So there you go. <laughs> that's very that's extremely valuable. Uh, <laughs> the last type of power that was sort of mentioned there, and 
to me, I kind of mentioned to you just that it really exists from childhood all the way to death. And it's all walks of life this kind of this covers. And I guess I'll just let you describe what it is and, and how it relates to the work setting. And I think people hopefully get the connection. If not, we can fill them in. The the last kind is reverent power. It's, it's the power of being friendly and popular and well-liked. Um, and you're right. It, it kind of transcends your, your entire life from, you know, school age on up. What you can find, though, from a business perspective is there are people in the workforce who um, have a tremendous amount of influence because they are popular Mm -hmm. and they are well-liked and people want to do things for them because of their um, friendliness in the workplace. As an HR director, you know, if you I've been in these situations where, you know, the most popular employee is disciplined for something and they'll even admit that they did it. Right. And, you know, you'll have employees coming into your office going, I can't believe you, you know, <laughs> talk to so-and-so and you're like, what does this have to do with you? You know, so right. the power of popularity. So one of the aspects I did want to touch on just briefly, and it's something that we are looking into for a possible future show, is the idea, especially with this popularity idea uh, and power, when there's a situation where somebody does have, say, legitimate power, but they're not liked, or even worse, they're not respected, how does that negatively affect the, the relationship and how employees may act towards that person? You know, that's a great question. If you really think about power, there are certain kinds of power that are bestowed to us as part of our position. There's a certain amount, you know, we've talked about legitimate power and we've talked about rewards and punishment. You know, even to some extent, the the job title we hold can give us access to information and connections. But there's also types of power that are earned. And you get into the concept of power being bestowed to you versus Mm -hmm. power that you have to earn. And, you know, earned power definitely gets into things like um, popularity, you know, reverent power, um, maybe even um, expert power, how people perceive you as whether or not you are an expert in a particular subject matter. So you have to look at those kinds of things and ultimately understand that the power of your relationships will determine whether or not you are given certain kinds of power. And with all of that, you talk about being bestowed or kind of earning it. And as we mentioned way in the beginning, everybody has some sort of power, really, no matter whether it's in their everyday life or in the workplace, and they could be a, a higher up, so to speak, or at the bottom of the hierarchy. With that in mind, what sort of mistakes do people make in general, sort of common ones that relate to power, whether it be in, in something they do, they say, how they act, uh, you know, how they almost present themselves? What are those common mistakes that people I mean, make, but also hopefully they can avoid? I I think there are two big mistakes that people make when it comes to power. Um, First of all, people think that they have power that they don't. So maybe they make the assumption, you know, everybody loves me and they're just going to do this because I say so. um, (laughs) And that's not the case. So from that standpoint, that, that people don't do a double check Um, You know, when you think about you're trying to accomplish something or you're trying to influence an outcome, do individuals sit back and say to themselves, do I have the power to make this happen? Mm -hmm. And if they don't, do they need to reach out to someone who maybe has that kind of power and get their buy in? But then the other part, and I think that this can even be more detrimental at times, is this whole me, no, I don't have any power. Mm -hmm. If you're a leader in an organization, your employees know whether or not you have power. 
and they look at you and say, they have the power to make this happen or they have the power to fix this for us. And if a manager does not realize or doesn't want to acknowledge that they have the power to make things better and they ignore it, you know, employees will look at them like, why should we pay attention to you? Mm -hmm. And I think that's relates a little bit into when you look at it from the other side of things. And it's not to say that people are constantly trying to manipulate others by using their power or influence them in negative ways, but it does happen. And it's something I think people should watch out for. So how can people recognize when maybe someone is negatively influencing them using their power or trying to do something that they don't have the power about? For myself, I just wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm letting somebody dictate something to me that really doesn't exist or shouldn't be happening. So how do you recognize something like that? Often, I think that that's probably the one that people recognize the most. They're like, you know, who is this person and why are they asking me to do that? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I almost think when it comes to people pushing the power envelope, it's a little bit more easy to recognize than people who aren't acknowledging it. Um, okay. It takes a little bit more deep deep dive to say, does this person really have the power or do they recognize that they have the power? But think about the different kinds of power that exist. You know, if someone asked me to do something, do they have the legitimate authority to ask me to do that? Is it within their scope of, you know, responsibility that they can say, can you do this? Mm-hmm. If they're trying to exert a reward or a punishment, do they have the ability to give me that reward or punishment if they actually, you know, depending upon my response. So just walk through and ask yourself the question. I mean, if it's a person, you know, I come to you and say, you know, let's do this. We're friends. Well, you're probably asking yourself, "Mm, are we really friends? (laughs) You know, um, if I came and asked you for a favor, you know, your immediate response might be, do I know you well enough to, for you to be asking me that kind of favor or that kind of thing. So just walk through the question and then say to yourself, yeah, I think that they have that kind of influence. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Just to, like you said, almost like a checklist, so to speak, of is this going to work? If you're offering something, can you actually do it? And that there maybe there are different types of powers involved at the same time that you need to factor in. It, that's a terrific point that you might have to balance those things out. You know, often we don't get enough time to kind of sit there with the checklist. And, you know, sometimes I think that this is where the challenge comes in as well. Someone is asked to do something or um, feels that they are under some pressure to do something. And instead of going, can I think about that? Can I sleep on it overnight? They make an immediate response and then come to find out maybe that person didn't have the power or influence that they originally thought. Um, So I think if you ever have a question about it, you know, why not say to yourself, hey, can I sleep on this overnight and give you an answer in the morning? So then based on all the things maybe you've seen or heard, whether it be employees, employers, I mean, you obviously have had plenty of experience in different areas. What would be just your overall, and I know it's hard to to put a nice 
big bow on everything, but what would be your overall advice in terms of using power and, and dealing with others who either are in a position of power or maybe they don't think they have power? What's just the the basic nut, nuts and bolts kind of idea of how, what advice you would give in terms of power? I would say to anyone, it whether you're presenting a point of view or you're, you know, someone wants you to, um, you know, do something for them is to just stop for a second and check that power base. You know, do you have the power to do whatever it is that you're asking? Or does the person who's making the request have the power and then proceed accordingly? But just kind of that little stop and check the power base um, before making decisions can be very valuable. Well, thank you for that advice. Unfortunately, that uh, will signal the end of today's program here on Mining Your P's and Q's. I'm confident that you listeners did gain a little insight and understanding into the role and effects that many of the forms of power can play in the workplace. Our expert guide today was Charlene Lauby, president of ITM Group, Inc. Charlene, where, uh, where can people find out more about you and your company? Probably the best place is to check out the blog, HR Bartender. Just visit us at hrbartender.com. All right, great. Well, thanks again for joining us today, Charlene. Thank you for having me. And of course, a thank you to all the listeners as well. Please check in here again on Mining Your P's and Q's, part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If you do have any comments or suggestions for the show, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Until we speak again, I'm your host, Tim Yuma.